Welcome to Gender Weird, the podcast where we ruin your favorite movies by calling them gay. This is Jane from Style of Substance. And this is Vivian Strange. Today we're going to be talking about uh, two documentaries, The Celluloid Closet from 1995 and Disclosure from 2020. Um, These are both films on uh, representation in in cinema. Um, The Celluloid Closet specifically concerns uh, representation of gay people and um disclosure specifically covers uh trans representation they're they're good documentaries um about very important things but uh alas they have shortcomings um because you know what doesn't (laughs) i I feel like part of that is like due to the nature of when they were made first off with cellular closet uh that's from the movie's from 1995 and so that means that a lot of the work was done in like the the years like before that it's also based off of um a book of the same name the cellular closet homosexuality in the movies by uh vito russo uh from 1981 and it also pulls from some of his lectures that he did over the years about uh gay representation it's dated because of like when it was made but also like it has a tendency to not really uh think outside of the hollywood system and almost like portrays like Hollywood as its only savior from itself because basically it makes the argument that you know in in the past and and it's it's an accurate argument that basically in the past like gay people haven't exactly been treated the greatest on screen um and as a result it's kind of like made gay people the, the in the audience kind of more feel more ostracized more kind of like alone and so basically cellular closet not only argues that we've been finally been making progress over the years but also that we we need positive images of like gay and trans people Mm. um gay and lesbian people um in order to kind of like better society because basically film and probably just art in general is kind of like in the mainstream sense that's what kind of like creates stereotypes or reinforces stereotypes and kind of keeps uh the mass public's understanding of gay people that film is what reinforces like those stigmas those like biases and kind of like understandings representations yeah cinema cinema informs uh the way the way we think about the world and especially the parts of it that we're not we're generally not privy to because you know we're we're all we're all raised to be we're all raised to be cis and het um, and mm-hmm. the, the, the movies are really where so many of us see, um, ourselves for the, for the first time. And so, yeah, representations, uh, uh, it's an important thing to look at. Um, it's an important thing to look at, but something that I, it's a criticism I have of both of these documentaries. Let's say like closet may be dated because of when it was made. Um, a lot of the information comes from Russo's book. So it's like, kind of like. 14 years dated like like just from that but also it's it plays it safe because because yes it can be uh gay people can watch like this movie and kind of like find something to appreciate i mean i I actually quite like this movie i'm not that big on disclosure you know as for as much as i like this movie i also realize that it is playing it safe and and i think like one way that it plays it safe is that it does not really think outside of hollywood um barring like a couple of british films it yeah. it is like this 
beautiful montage of like sounds and images stitched together from all these like Hollywood films showing the uh, negative, positive, and subtle representations of gay people on screen over the years. But it doesn't think outside of Hollywood. Yes, the, the queer cinema movement of like, that kind of like really took shape in the 90s. Like, I, I don't really blame this film for not being able to like, kind of like, evaluate that so much because it's kind of more point from before yeah because like like with like new queer cinema was 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 happening uh like at at that time and and the celluloid closets was not exactly on the cutting edge of uh it's not but also it's it's not but also it's also worth noting that it kind of like sidelines some pivotal gay voices in cinema across the world um like uh pedro omidovar from uh Spain, pure Paolo mm-hmm. Pasolini from Italy, you know, Kenneth Anger, Derek Jarman. It barely makes reference to John Waters, uh, or Gus Van Sant and uh, Gregor Rocky. They were kind of new to the scene. And, and there's like these yeah, like Todd, brief references Todd at the well. end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's some brief references here and there, but it's like, I don't think it really effectively uh, highlights queer voices that are at all transgressive. Yeah, and, and in a way, it, it, it really plays it safe. Same with Disclosure. Um, and Disclosure, I feel like I, I'm, I'm more critical towards Disclosure about the kind of these like liberal assimilationist kind of like views that it kind of like espouses because, you know, it's following the footsteps of, of Cellular Closet. And aside from foregrounding kind of like um, intersectionality, which is which is a positive at Disclosure, um, it, it falls into a lot of the same like trappings as Cellular Closet. And it does that like twenty five years later. Yeah, you know? I, 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 I do, I, I do want to clarify and, and like give give disclosure props where it deserves. In that, um, mm-hmm. I really, really appreciate how uh, most of the the you know trans people and trans uh, writers and actors and entertainers that are that they speak to are black trans people, and so much of the discussion is is grounded in. Uh, representations of you know black trans people on um yes on screen and th- th- that's something that i have kind of have really mixed thoughts about the film but like there's something that i really took away from like re-watching this film is just how much it really foregrounds like kind of like race in the conversation because yeah. it's it's important I, I it's something that i feel like is not really talked about like enough um is like how race intersects that that's the criticism know? i have of cellulite closet the fact that it um, which, especially for 1995, because like in 1995, r- like race was a, it was a, a big point of cultural discussion. Like, like, like shit was happening in the 90s. Uh, in in the, in the context of Hollywood, I think of uh, Robert Altman's The Player, um, and the just even even that a uh, mainstream Hollywood, very very intelligent and self aware mainstream Hollywood film, but. A mainstream Hollywood film, uh, Hollywood, a mainstream Hollywood film, nonetheless. Um, the way it addressed and uh, and 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 discussed uh, race and celluloid closet just did not get into it. It seemed like a glaring omission. It it beats around the bush in a lot of ways. I think celluloid closet does. Um, yeah, I, I I do kind of take umbrage with that. It's mainly mm. just focused on Hollywood. No other countries films no underground films and i think that that's a astronomic like it's a colossal like oversight and i think it's in some ways i also think it's deliberate like why is reiner werner fassbender not mentioned at all in it 
That's like insane. Yeah. Why is Pasolini not mentioned? That it, it, it's crazy to me, you know. Yeah. Um. But okay. But you mentioned like disclosure, and, and yes, it's good that it kind of like highlights kind of like black trans voices. Uh, they had someone on there that was Asian, someone that was Latina, and and that's good. But what's also weird is that like when it comes to intersectionality, it almost like completely ignores. Uh. How do I say? Like, um, it almost completely ignores the almost inherent intersectionality of homosexuality with transness. And yeah, exactly. That's to the point where it's almost like just trying to like like distance, uh, kind of like trans people f- from uh, from gay people. And yeah, they they acknowledge that you know sometimes like transphobia is like homophobia, but it's like no, no, no. I would argue that it always is, and we can't separate trans people from gay people so much and because the whole like yeah. lgb without the t you know we, we can't do that like honestly i cannot recall uh any significant instance where queerness was actually like uh brought up and discussed um i remember uh i remember one of the uh one of one of the speakers mentioning um his uh queer black ass but that's it well i i have to i have to ask you something what exactly do you mean by queerness because i consider transness queerness yeah yeah exactly usually usually when i'm saying i and i this is in my videos too i i mentioned queer and trans people um even though for me they are they are one of the same like trans people are queer people and but unfortunately the the mainstream understanding is that lgbs without the t whatever um are separate from trans people and that's a um i i I don't want to say just queer people because to me to me you talk about like minority sexualities right uh yeah 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 like yeah that's not how i see queerness at all i I see i I, but also i'm starting at least with this podcast i don't know about my channel but at least with this podcast i'm calling trans people gay and i i think that there's utility in rhetorical distinctions at times we can get carried away with that and we can kind of uh commodify ourselves in a way of, of, of like trying to find like different like groups and i feel like we need to kind of focus more on like the unity of gay people trans people queer people whatever yeah it, it, it it's obvious to us that queer uh queer people like like is all, all trans people are queer um in the case of disclosure the <clears throat> what i what i saw being like underrepresented was like you said uh, uh minority sexualities like uh I had the assu- I had the assumption I felt like the text was making the uh, assumption that these these trans these trans people and the, the the trans representation the all the examples they gave and such are of straight trans people. I didn't see any substantial like discussion of the gay trans people the lesbian tra- the trans lesbians the um etc. They talked about the L word for example and they were talking about like. And I haven't seen that show, and and maybe it is bad and problematic. Uh, but uh, it's dated, definitely. <laughs> one of the story arcs is kind of like there's like this uh, trans uh, masculine or trans man that's in it, but it, but they were arguing like this is through like a lesbian perspective. But I've yeah. The, the, the thing and- is, I've met people, even trans masculine people, trans uh, men, even that kind of have some affinity for like mm-hmm. the word lesbian. You know, th- th- there is yeah, a exactly it's a bi people too, and, and, and you know, it, like I mean, I call my I, I'm not that inclined to call myself lesbian. I, I'm and I'm into girls, 
yeah, it's like I I think we passed the as far as like our rhetoric goes. Like I think we passed the point of distinction, meaningful distinctions with regard to lesbianism specifically. Because when when we take in uh, bisexual lesbians and he him lesbians into account, which are va- which are valid. But like, it becomes nebulous at some point because sexuality exactly. and gender, sexuality and gender are inherently intertwined in a way. Yeah. Because like, because like, it's okay to like men if you're a woman. It's okay to like women. Yeah. If you're a man. Uh, and then the problem comes then down to gender. Like, what gender are you? Uh-huh. You know, that dictates what is right for you to like. You know. Yeah. Um, so, so I, so it is kind of to me at least irresponsible in a way to uh, to talk at such length about gender and and, and transgender uh representation and and all that without at in the same breath queerness and you know gay people and lesbians and and the whole idea of actual disclosure is basically like you know you know disclosing being trans to people and this is something that you know there's like this stereotype that permeates throughout film and television of kind of like the man feels deceived upon realizing that actually they're with a trans person. They didn't know they're with a trans person. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're with a, uh, and, and because in a way they almost feel like, oh, wow, I'm betrayed. You, you know, you should have like told me this. They skate around it. They don't talk about how that's so, inher- so inherently homophobic because yeah. it's, it's, it's like, because basically the idea is this. Oh, what, what? You used to be a dude? Uh, that's messed up. Yet, yes, on one hand, they're not really accepting that they are a woman. But on the other hand, it's kind of this. We have to ask ourselves. Society needs to kind of reorganize discussion, kind of validate the fact that it's okay to like men. Yeah, it's it's okay to be gay. Like like the so uh, the, the fear is that they become gay by being with a trans woman, and it's like no, not necessarily. But let's face it, people don't like to hear this, but trans women can kind of be a gateway towards bisexuality. Yeah, like we we are. It's something that uh, several years ago, a, a a hot water thing uh, to say would be that uh, a, a a man dating a trans woman is it, it's, it's it's no homo like 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 totally no you know that you can still be straight oh well yeah and, well well guys would often see kind of like heterosexuality or homosexuality to be based off of what they do not who yeah. they are which yeah. is not the case and. Entirely, yeah. Um, but uh, but basically, you know, like oh, so especially in like the two thousands, when the two thousand late two thousands, early twenty tens, you know, when everybody called everything gay and would yeah. kind of use it in- interchangeably with like a certain ableist slur. Yeah, they would also because people would be so scared of like, oh, I hope I'm not becoming gay, even if they support gay people. Like, I want to support gay people, but I also don't want to be gay myself. Yeah, it, it, and I don't want people to think that I'm I'm gay because then it threatens their masculinity. So gender and sexuality are intertwined. So a a man finds himself tricked by a trans woman, you know, so to speak. Um, by that I mean having sex with a trans woman uh, without realizing that they're trans, and only to realize and then. You know, go crying game mode and and, and vomit <laughs> in the sink, uh, or or just feel like so betrayed. Um, you know, it, it's because they're like, what? How could I be attracted to a quote man? Yeah, something that I find like, but actually, like something that I find interesting about like uh, Neil Jordan's The Crying Game, and I'm sure we'll talk about it eventually on the podcast more in depth. Oh, definitely. Is basically it presents that disclosure kind of thing, and yes, I get that. You know, 
having somebody vomit in the sink, that can kind of like, oh, whoa, I don't like that. That that makes me uncomfortable. I get it. At the same time, that's how the audience felt when they realized that this uh, person is actually played by a man. Yeah. Um, and it's like, Neil Jordan fooled the audience. And, that t- and people feel weird and disgusted by the fact that their sexuality and even potentially their gender can be malleable. Uh-huh. That, oh, wow, a uh, a man can be a woman. <laughs> a woman can be a man. Who yeah, knew? exactly. I don't think that we can really have that much meaningful conversations about trans representation without talking about gay representation in relationship to that. Yeah, um, definitely. I really don't like how sometimes people act like homophobia is like becoming a thing of the past. It's not. It's not even just as much present now. People just reorganize their rhetoric. That's yep. what it comes down to. Even the more conservative-leaning folks are becoming more uh, accepting of the okay. So gay people exist. This, this is fine. Whatever. You can't be. You can't be uh, homophobic in, in, in public uh, anymore. It's like so. I think a lot of them, many, 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 many of them are circumventing their homophobia by uh, sublimating it as transphobia. They're, it's, it's a, uh, ultimately, it's the same beast at the end of the day, but it's more acceptable to be transphobic in the, the, the now-now times. E- and because there's a kind of this like, general unfamiliarity or it's new for people, it's easy to make all those fallacious arguments. You yeah. Know, um, and, you with, know, gender fascist arguments. Yeah. And with with regard to disclosure, like my perhaps my biggest uh, criticism or my, my biggest beef with it was um, the fact that uh, it came out in in 2020. Um, and maybe this is just me speaking from the perspective of someone who started transition in uh, 2015, but it felt so behind the times. Like these com- the conversations that were happening in disclosure. Um, like we were having those conversations, um, I, and I know you, uh, you start you start transition in the twenty twenties. Um, I've uh, had my moments in in, in twenty nineteen, but yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, um, and and so maybe th- that's just you know the perspective I'm coming from because I'm 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 not part of the 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 older generation of transes, but I've uh, I've had you know plenty to do with them. I, I've been a part of their 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 circles and their discourse for you know since since I started and these conversations about uh, representation and the problematics of them and whatnot these were things that these were discussions we were already having 2020 was when I uh, came up with the, the the idea of gender of gender weird and gender weirdness um, yeah I think it, I think aside from how much it foregrounds uh, kind of like black um transness uh, i think that it's very dated but that yeah. is a prominent thing that i think is worth considering the thing is what i don't like about it also is like you know yeah i already said it's hollywood focused it's very both of these films honestly cellular closet and and disclosure alike they're, they're very much uh interested in what people in the industry have to say are yeah. people that already made it people that have mm-hmm. already um people that have already kind of like given um producers head uh you know <laughs> and 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 i think that work their way up or or were born into it yeah it, it it's a thing that's happening it's a discussion that's happening just within the system i'm not gonna say circle jerk but kind of yeah i think it's i think it's a very ma- i think both these films are very masturbatory yeah uh, so the closet is really formerly beautiful and i think that that works in its favor disclosure is a bit eh, it's kind of a little more standard in its kind of presentation and how it yeah. kind of shows like films uh 
I don't know how they would do this, but these films don't really give us like audience perspectives, what gay people think unless yeah. they're already in the industry. Exactly. And and like the the the, the queer people who are uh actually changing things and who are actually uh you know transgressive and on the cutting edge of things none of them are in hollywood like um i i'm not gonna get into specifics or names or anything but in the 2010s um uh right around you know when the time i started transitioning i uh made some connections in in hollywood um including uh you know trans trans connections um you know behind the scenes like producer uh producer types and I was blown away at how backwards and conservative and it, it, it was appalling to me. Um, and like, you know, one, one of the people I know, she was, um, she's a, an older trans woman. The way she described like the producers and the, the people actually, who actually like get the things done and get things made. Um, how even in like 2018, 2019, the executives did not understand uh, the, the the distinction between drag queens and trans women, like that sort of thing, that sort of like backwardness. And well, do we? Well, <laughs> okay, yeah, we're we're ahead of the curve. That's just that's just it. Um, but like, but their their understanding of transness was like virtually like nothing. And the way that the trans people in the industry uh, that I that I that I met. Um, the way they catered to that and just kind of went along with that and not not challenged that in any sense. That's why I gave up on Hollywood. Like I wanted to be a a, a a big time, you know, Hollywood director. But then I learned that I learned what that would cost as a trans woman. That I would have to compromise basically everything, everything I believed in, um, every way that I wanted to challenge the system. It's just not possible. Change revolution never comes from within hollywood and then like the most radical you can get with kind of like uh film and television the most transgressive then everybody's gonna hate you like you yep. do with like <laughs> sam levinson and stuff just like yeah being like one of the presumably cis people that's actually giving trans people voices yep. um and 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 they want to cast him as like like a predator because he he's he's edgy always with the point <laughs> but that's another discussion yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we will talk about Sam Levinson at length on on this. And podcast. and that's the thing. I feel like a lot of people, you know, we, there's a scene in Disclosure where, you know, there's this woman that was cast in so many like television shows um as a trans stereotype and, and she kept dying in different shows. And yeah, that says something about where we're at, but all, and you know, where the writers' minds are at and stuff. But at the same time, she mentioned how she never spoke out about how absurd it was. Why not? <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I, I will admit that um, that would have, you know, compromised, uh, compromised their career. Yeah. Um, that's but why. Like, but, al- but also speak the truth and everyone's going to hate you. That's just kind of how it is. Well, well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you don't, cha- if you don't challenge anything, you're just going to get like, like, it's just gonna be so circular. The reason why there's so many backwards depictions of gay and trans people is because films aren't really challenging that at least mm-hmm. cellular closet and disclosure are you know yeah uh and that's that, that's that's i can applaud them for that i guess but even then they're still cowardly uh-huh and, and and they don't really engage with transgression and 
people that are in Hollywood that they, you know, they may have opinions, but they don't express them because because they, they want to stay famous. They yep. want that fame and glory, which it, it makes sense, especially if they're like one of the few trans people or gay people that can actually get in that position. I, mm-hmm. I get it. But also there's a reason why there's not effective, you know, communication. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's the same reason why like Me Too like took so long to actually like happen is is because yeah. nobody wanted to threaten their job security. Once people started speaking out, it was a, it was a thing that everybody involved in the industry, even tangentially, already knew about. It was it it was like they already knew. Outsiders they, knew about that. Out like for real. Like there there was there was uh, I, I think about in um uh fucking uh Scream Three. That was a significant plot point, and that movie came out in fucking two thousand. If Hollywood is saying something it's safe to assume that it's a conversation that has already been had and it has been having been had yeah so in 1950 there's all about eve with uh marilyn monroe and she basically was playing what she probably was doing you know um and which was which, yeah. you know casting couches and all that and kind of and and, and it's made light of we know what's happening exactly and you know it's... there's been jokes at, at weinstein's expense for so long i, I mean and you know and now people are trying to like you know do damage control finally, yeah. uh, you know, and which is it's the same thing with the representation of race and and like gender sexuality and stuff. Is that Hollywood just keeps recycling the same cliche stereotyped ideas until it marginally gets better? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's in- incremental at best, and and even between now and when Disclosure came out, uh, honestly, we've we've regressed like hollywood has regressed especially in terms of uh trans representation i think like i honestly we have what we're given is such a a a shallow and deeply unsatisfactory uh, version of what we what we actually want what we actually need like uh for example since it's a subject of discussion that people have been talking about lately uh the film nimona um First, first off, I do, I do really like that film. Um, I'm not I, gonna watch it. Don't watch it. It's, it's you wouldn't like it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I am obsessed with Chloe Grace Moretz, and I will watch anything that she's in. It's not rat. Like the main character is a character named Nimona. Uh, they're a shapeshifter. Um, gender fluid ish. They're coded that way. Um, very much written by uh, <laughs> trans people. Um, but still, there, there is situated in the story and, and the wider context of things. That's not, that's not revolutionary. There's nothing revolutionary about that. It is, it is tampered down, watered down, uh, version of what we, of what we, you know, actually need. It's, 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 it's a liberal movie. I, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of going on a tangent. Well, reg- regression. There was that, there was that horror film, uh, they slash them just last oh my year. Fucking God. Oh, oh it, was, my God. it was, it was the worst. <laughs> I hated that. Speaking, uh, speaking of that, um, here's, here's me gonna, like, talk about my, my experiences in Hollywood, uh, tangentially to Hollywood as, as a trans, uh, creator, trans filmmaker and writer. So, uh, I've been working on a, 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 a uh, screenplay, um, uh, story concept since 2017, 2018, I think. Um, that was when I first discovered Sleepaway Camp, and I wanted to, uh, to, to, to do a, a re- remake remix of it in a way that centered the character as you know as a trans character 
you know, taking revenge on, uh, on, you know, on her bullies, basically remaking Sleepaway Camp in a way that was, uh, actually like centered and prioritized a trans experience and wasn't just, you know, what it originally was. I talked to my producer friend about it and, you know, she actually had met Felissa Rose recently, um, who had, uh, starred in, uh, Sleepaway Camp and was one of the rights holders. Yeah, she, she, like, I, I mentioned that I had this, uh, you know, this idea for a, a really transgressive and radical, uh, re- reimagining of Sleepaway Camp. And she, 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 she told me to, to go ahead to, to, to write it and whatnot. And she might be able to get, get it in, um, to be, uh, rewritten and, and revised by screenwriters who actually have names um, and aren't just insignificant transes. She, she made it clear that would be the cost for my story, my radical transgressive story being made, would be going through the, the, the filters of all these other f- fucking milquetoast liberal writers, um, cis writers too, um, by the way. That was, that was kind of implicit. Mm-hmm. But, um... And then, uh, and I was like, uh, fuck that. No, I'm, <laughs> y'all don't deserve my story. And then, a, then a couple years later, fucking that they, them movie came out. And I, I'm sitting here like, oh my fucking God. I, I, someone definitely had a, a, a similar idea that got Hollywoodized, that got, that got like turned into this mulch. Neutered? Uh, neutered. Yeah. That, that's a good word. Well, well, something that's like worth considering. And, and it's like, um, and, and I want to get into kind of like the actual arguments that are made in these two films in a moment. Yeah. But basically, it's like, I think my conclusion of like what these films are, are ultimately kind of like going for and what the is, is reflective of what the general public and gay people, trans people were kind of like wanting, which is sanitized representations of self. So we don't have much transgressive representation in these films because they play mm-hmm. it safe because so many people, you know, complain about Hollywood and like, oh, I'm tired of these films, like, making us die. I'm tired of these films making us into monsters and and, and, and these and people to, to laugh at, to, to pity, to, to fear. And, and, and I get that. But then when it comes down to it, when you're breaking it down, when you're breaking everything down to tropes, what are you left with? Exactly. They want queer people to be as boring as everybody else. Yep. Uh, yeah, and 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 I'm 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 like yeah, fuck that. Like, and, and the thing is, we're getting that exactly. Just in general, you know, and this it's the same reason why we've been getting so. You know, people. I, I've seen some people talk about how Hollywood is becoming less and less like sexual these days. Yeah. And yes, that's true because that's almost like okay, um, we want to accept gay people. What's the right way to do that? Um, neuter them. And, and, and kind of like it, that's why we get like our love Simons, our they <laughs> slash thems, our, uh, our bros. Yeah. It's honestly kind of like annoying. Yeah. Because, but the thing is, this is what we asked for. Uh-huh. We asked for there to be, but the thing is, Hollywood isn't just like becoming less sex, it's becoming less romantic. Uh huh. Like yeah. romance is being stripped away from a lot of movies, you know, at the service of kind of this like, dated girl boss kind of like feminist kind of like image of of the white woman yeah you know um yeah you go girl (laughs) yeah congrats you 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 don't need no man you 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 don't uh, you don't want to even kiss anybody (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah like thing about media being uh you know de-sexed uh and whatnot is it's it's a very it's an insidious form of erasure because if you don't show what happens in the bedrooms, 
if 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 you take that away, then yeah, these 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 queer mos are just like uh, just like everybody else. They can they can they're, uh, they can be consumers uh, who who fit into society. Uh, right, right, like- right, and that's uh, kind of like what I mean by queer assimilationism, liberal assimilation, mm-hmm. where basically we we advocate for kind of like meeting halfway. We compromise how much of kinky freaks we are you know at the service of, <laughs> yeah. of, of like you know entering hollywood and hollywood's like yeah let's do that because we need to please the gays we need to please uh you know racial minorities sexual minorities that's how they're gonna get and we money. need to please women because we've uh fetishized them too much yeah no just ha- d- the thing is you know when we talk about fetishism then i watch like a claire denise film and i'm like oh okay so like women portray themselves this way Catherine yeah. Pilar, you know and stuff it's, it's 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 like it's more uh it's more complicated it's more complex it's not bad to be transgressive i would argue and it's not inherently good though exactly depends what exactly you're being transgressive towards you know but queerness is yeah. transgressive yeah by its very nature it must be so let's talk about these different kind of like arguments that starting with Sully Closet that's kind of like being made, you yeah. know, um, and we can kind of like throw disclosure in the mix too. Um, uh, gay and trans experiences that are kind of like where their experiences and essences are reduced to stereotypes to laugh at. This is actually something that I, um, this is the one yeah. thing that when it comes to like the stereotypes that have always kind of bothered me personally though, where we're like, yeah. It, it, it's it's easier for me to defend something like Silence of the Lambs um, than is Ace Ventura. Yeah, yeah, no, like I, I we're and and I know you're you're someone who who does really like the Crying Game. Yes. Um, and but like Ace Ventura is one of those one of those films that has there is literally nothing redeeming about it. It is just just pure just vile transphobia homophobia. It's just rapey homophobia, honestly. Yeah, like in in that in that scene, like it, it's sexual assault. He, he he sexually assaults her right in front of uh, all the all these uh, all these cops and whatnot. And it, it's just it it it's bonkers. Um, <laughs> like yeah, that that that's and and that's just it. Uh, you have like Ace Ventura, which is a which was a a shallow lowest common denominator. Uh is a crowd pleaser it was uh, to jim jim carrey be jim carrey and uh and whatnot versus the crying game which was made by in actual like transgender an actual artist <laughs> oh, oh yeah yeah <laughs> yes yeah, yeah no <laughs> neil jordan is a uh is a is a is a character but but he is someone who has consistently portrayed uh, trans, trans, trans women, Tran- mostly. Transness in, in, and queer. Well, also, there was an interview with the vampire, so, like, he's interested in, like... Oh, shit, that's right, he did that, gay too. Stuff. He's yeah. interested in, like, gay yeah. stuff, at least, if not in context, in subtext. He, he, his films are yeah. littered with queerness. He, he, he engages with it, you can tell, he engages with, with it very sincerely. Um, Breakfast at Pluto is one of my favorite movies, and, um, and anybody who has issue with Killian Murphy playing, uh, trans character in that movie, um... Y'all can go fuck yourselves because <gasps> that is one of the most amazing uh, trans characters I've ever encountered in a work of fiction. It is such a beautiful story. Watch Breakfast on Pluto. It is amazing. Um, <laughs> I would say that that actually kind of continues the idea of like the argument of like pe- queerness being kind of this like source of like mockery is that people will yeah. argue that. Uh, a cis person playing a trans person, or at least like a cis man playing like a trans woman, or a cis woman playing a trans man, 
it's they'll say that that kind of like is like it doesn't let audiences take like their transness seriously when somebody like mm-hmm. Jared Leto or Eddie Redmayne or, or Killian Murphy wins like awards and goes on stage looking like a man and then t- telling people that this is like a costume. Yeah, exactly. And, and, but, 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 okay, on the topic of, uh, I'm surprised we didn't mention it last time, but on the topic of <laughs> cis people playing trans people, um, tell me your thoughts. Uh, okay, so. It is a. Uh, it's something that should be taken in uh, in historical context as well. Today, um, having uh, ostensibly cis people, I, I say ostensibly because, like, I, I don't know. I don't. I don't just. I like not just assuming that people are cis um, because that's that just eh, feels feels kind of weird. Um, having today having ostensibly cis uh, performers um, play trans roles is from a. I look at it from a labor perspective. Um, there are trans actors um, who who need who need work who 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 deserve right work. and and to say that there aren't trans actors, which is, I've heard that argument, it's a form of erasure because it's like trans people can be the best actors because they've acted ignorance like ignorance and they already know what it's like to play a character that they're not. Yeah, we're we're better actors than cis yeah, people, you know. <laughs> so I would say, like in this day and age, like we should prioritize like trans for trans casting. Absolutely. Transfer cis casting as well, but yeah. But but like but like when it comes to a trans character, let them be played by a trans person. So we should prioritize transfer trans casting for the sole purpose of employing more trans actors. We need more trans like writers and directors too. But once we get there, that's when we can start to reconsider the potential for men to like become women on screen. Because in itself, I honestly suspect that the whole transfer trans casting argument was motivated by like in a, a string of embarrassing cis for trans films more than anything else. <laughs> yes, people trans people should be involved in these productions, but also let's prevent like Eddie Redmayne from embarrassing himself further like he did in Danish Girl. Yeah, the Danish Girl, Dallas Buyers Club, both just unforgivably cringe horrible uh, Hollywood uh, attempts to toothless Hollywood attempts at making a queer story um or dallas buyers club in case anyone knows like my my issue with that is not the casting of jared leto because honestly i think jared leto is kind of gender weird anyway but like you know fuck that guy but um is the the main character they wrote him in the movie to be uh homophobic and and whatnot the character in real life and the real life story is based on openly bisexual yeah, well yeah they made him like get aids from like a a female prostitute and, and it's almost it's almost like hey this movie is for straight people to empathize with gay people. Yep. And the way to empathize is like not actually engage with any gay men, but instead like a trans woman, trans femme, uh, because it, it, because some people can see that as a compromise. Yeah. It, 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 when it comes to like, also like trans masculine performances, I would say that the issue with like, I, I, I'd say that the issue comes down to the fact that trans men aren't even in films really. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and exactly. I think th- I think that I think for that reason, you know, we shouldn't keep you know doing what we've been doing in the past. The few times we actually talk about trans men, my mentality about this, you know, uh, I'd venture to say that any straight that's acting gay and then includes cis who acts trans, when they act with any sincere engagement and or method acting, I think that they could be channeling their latent queerness. Yeah. It might not be a significant part of them, 
but it's there. Yeah. I, I never took issue with like John Cameron Mitchell playing Hedvig. And whoa, we look at that. He's also uh, like genderqueer or whatever. So yep. um, you know. yeah, yep, definitely. And-, and and also like from what I've noticed is like it seems like uh, before it was hip to be pro trans and like all the corporations were going like kind of like uh, rainbow. It, it, it was like, I feel like a lot of the representations of like trans people in the 90s that everybody cries about now. And yeah, they're dated. You know, Boys Don't Cry is dated and, and there's some problems. Yeah. Also. But like a lot of these dated like depictions, it's like they come from queer places. And, and yep. not ju- it's not just a lesbian speaking on behalf of trans men. It, it's a it's like a genderqueer person speaking on behalf. During the produ- during the production of Boys Don't Cry, Kimberly Pierce was uh uh like considering like straight up considering transitioning i believe she still uses like feminine pronouns now and i think that she's kind of come to peace somewhat with like relative femininity but uh but but yeah at one point in time she was actually going by yeah masculine pronouns with a couple friends and and, and she was motivated to make this because she had gender questions too yeah if you see a lot of interviews at the time yes she's misgendered um brandatina she didn't know what a lesbian was till she was an adult like, 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 there is a, mm-hmm. yeah, we have to always contextualize, like, the way people talk about things. Yeah. Because, like, you're making this film, you're engaging with queerness. Mm-hmm. When somebody makes, like, Danish Girl, I don't think that Tom Hooper is, like, engaging with queerness so much. I think he's interested in exploiting queerness. Uh, like, like, I don't. Exactly. I just see him as, like, a, a failed and- theater kid that's, that's making movies he shouldn't be making. <laughs> For real. Uh, I gotta hate Tom Hooper. Um. The Danish girl in, in specific, like, uh, my, my producer friend, um, you know, on, on Facebook or whatever, I, I was, I was like very vocally critical about, uh, Eddie Redmayne's casting and just the everything surrounding that movie. And she actually, uh, told me that, Hey, if you want to be able to have like a, like a job with these people someday, you got to not be so vocal about, you got to, you got to not be so critical about, about these things. It's funny because even, even Eddie Redmayne kind of like has since expressed some kind of like regret about taking the role, feeling that he was appropriating. Yeah. Um, Which is, which is, which is interesting rather than whereas like, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I, but that's kind of like how conversation is kind of like change the way that people have like felt about their own like past representations but when it comes to something yeah. like hillary hillary swank being cast in boys don't cry and you know she was cast with the casting process was like several years long and, yeah. and she uh and she was cast with gender blindness pierce didn't yeah. know what she was I, oh i didn't know that yeah yeah she didn't know what she was and and, and swank was actually like basically yeah i think it might have been off and on she was doing some method acting Um, and engaging with transness uh which which is like we have to understand that when you're performing with any kind of sincerity you know that drag there might be something more to it yeah you know exactly i I think it's just like it becomes this nebulous thing at some point but i think that like the the big issue with like cis for trans casting in my opinion is just like the economic reality of it from a labor perspective yes yes And, and and i think that that's what should always like be prioritized once we be- actually reach more equity you know it you know we can have we can st- we can open those conversations for future representations but i'm not going to be like oh i'm mad at reiner Werner fassbender because you know a vera weishaupt shouldn't be played by a cis man yeah it's just like no nah, i'm d- I, nah. <laughs> especially when it comes to like uh like shit in the past because you know just like one folks the 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 Hollywood has always been super regressive, and um, 
even in those times, uh, we were quote unquote lucky to get what we got. Um, but, uh, but also with regards to, uh, assist for trans casting and, and it really, uh, straight for gay casting too, because there's been a lot of discussion about that lately is like, should straight actors play gay characters, which, um, yeah. Yes, it doesn't, doesn't matter. And, and here's a, here's another thing that, uh, uh, I feel like a lot of people should know it about Hollywood, but apparently they don't. Um, there are, and I've had this confirmed by people in the industry, there are so many big names who are trans and gay. And, and, and it's like, they're open secrets, um, in in the industry and and so like because hollywood is the the they have these images to maintain um and hollywood incentivizes uh conformity to uh to you know cis heteronormativity there's probably an open secret that like kevin spacey was gay before like kind of like the before like news broke Uh and you know and he was trying to kind of use like his uh sexuality as a way to get out of like um his his allegation uh because it worked for brian singer um and and i know why he did that it worked in the 90s and and yeah was singer unfairly called a pedophile by some people possibly but he also was probably fairly called a pedophile by other people so yeah um and i i i i am very uh critical of brian singer kevin spacey and all that um but there are people that i do think that like you know gay people the gay gay and trans people that um aren't out of the closet uh that are afraid to be so because they'll be like criticized and and get like i do think that gay people can get unfair um unfairly like like uh, labeled as as, yeah unfairly maligned and kind of like in like and framed as like abusers because that's you know even by other gay people because Mm-hmm. We're like, you know, rats in a cage, kind of. Yep. Um, yep. There are trans femmes uh, working today. I know we've we've had several conversations about these things privately, and I'm not going to do that in a public forum, like like names or anything. But there are trans there are trans femmes working in the industry and making things today that every that everybody knows whose work everybody knows about, and they do not come out. They they are they are still. They're known as men to the to the public. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, if you think about it, like also just like in the past, you know, um, uh, like Nikki Chimino, the the director of like Heaven's Gate and like The Deer Hunter, you know, a, a lot of people, even even some listeners right now, they may not even know that she's what tra- the she fuck? Was trans Are you serious? They- I didn't know that. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Nick Nikki. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Chimino is the uh, so. Oh I, shit! Are we dead naming somebody if uh, we we learn that in private circles they went by one thing, but in public they went by something <laughs> else? Because you know Chimino wanted to be called Michael in a public setting, but if you look at like old photos, yeah, they were definitely trans, and which is funny because now, uh, yeah, um, I, I, it might have been like something on, on the non-binary spectrum, but. Trans feminine, at the very least, which is funny because now Catherine Bigelow isn't the first uh, woman to win an Oscar um, for the director. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah, but but yeah, people definitely. like like like, like Chimino, um, We already know there's so many like closeted gay people, you know, for the, for for so oh, yeah, long. Like, like the Wachowski sisters, like were in the closet, and I think they were mm-hmm. ended up being like outed by like Buck Angel or something, right? Yeah, uh, because Lana banged his wife. <laughs> 
yeah, even like uh, Caitlyn Jenner, like there were talks about that there's something going on for a while and people were like getting mad at uh, at uh, Courtney Love for it. But like she was right. <laughs> um, yeah. And, 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 and like we, we can see this and we can observe this like through different people. And once we start looking at certain creatives as potentially being trans or gay, especially if we have speculation, uh, I'd say a good clue is like if they work with a lot of trans people or gay people, there's a higher chance that they're trans or gay. Yeah. And closeted people gravitate towards the areas where they can where they can express themselves right. more authentically, such as playing gay or trans roles. <laughs> for for example, we've called certain people uh gay and trans that that don't openly identify as such and that without any private confirmation of it when it comes to people that are currently closeted that actually know that they're like one thing or another, mm-hmm. you know, they're dealing with this, like how should we really guide discussion about that? These people. And ultimately I, I, I think it, it, it's, it's not so much the, the individuals themselves, because again, systemic, systemic society, individuals ultimately don't matter. What matters is the fact that they are enmeshed in a system that incentivizes, uh, staying in the closet and incentivizes not being uh publicly like trans or queer not not not. like like, for example like i'm not saying that like sam levinson is trans (laughs) but but if he were to come out as such can you imagine like the media shitstorm around that oh my god the the trans community oh my god like i think we would be the worst offenders we would crucify her also you know transgressive art it comes from us like 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 we're the ones who are doing that we're the ones who are pushing every single time that's what i find a little bit disheartening about like cellular closet is like there's no mention of kenneth anger like it it, you know like it plays it it plays it safe um Something that I find interesting about like Cellular Closet is that, you know, it was it was showcasing and was one of my favorite things of like how homosexuality was actually like depicted in Hollywood films. You know, like Hitchcock was doing it a lot. Was it the writer of Ben-Hur? You, you know, like yeah. it was kind of like subtle homoeroticism. And, and, and you know, the, these things were kind of like portrayed in these movies. And, and, you know, when the censors would pick up on it and it's like, yeah, the Hayes Code eventually went away. But, uh... Censorship continued. Uh, I mentioned Midnight Cowboy before. It was the first, like, X, which is now into 17, rated film that I've seen. That rating, basically, was just there because it's gay. Yep. Because it's saying kids shouldn't be allowed to watch two men kissing. You know? Yeah. They can watch everything else. They can watch people's heads blow up. They can't watch two men kissing. So, yeah. like, but, but something I do like is, like, how Slowly Closet was, like, showcasing, like, hey, these films that you've known, like... They're kind of gay all along. Just exactly. Like- yeah, I I I loved that. And and to to, to to people who may be like critical of the the tendency, especially like our tendency to uh, read gayness and transness into literally everything, it's uh it doesn't come from nowhere because as in the celluloid closet, it demonstrated like from the writers' mouths themselves. There's stuff there to be found, right? And they tr- and they and they try to do certain things. You know, there's a, there's a scene that was in you know Kubrick's Spartacus that was cut that that uh-huh. that like strongly hinted at consensual homosexuality. You know, yep. And and and, and, 
you know, Ben Hur, one of the scenes was like literally played with 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 you know one of the characters had the mindset of I'm gay, oh, but the <laughs> other one didn't know that. Um, I, like, yeah, they didn't tell Charlton Heston. I I didn't know that. So when I heard they didn't them, tell was... Heston, but the other guy, <laughs> it's there so though, funny. And, and it's and it's it's interesting. You know, there was a what was the film about like the the guns? Uh, you know, oh, re- shoot. Kind of representing. Yeah, I God, I can't remember what it was, but like that that scene, I I was. I broke down in that scene. It was it was it was crazy. Um, Red River by yeah. Howard Hawks. The just the the criticisms of 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 people like reading into things. It's just it was very validating hearing from the celluloid closet that yes, we're not we're not delusional to be to 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 read these things in. And this is something. This is a criticism I have of both the celluloid closet and disclosure was both. Films made the uh, assumption, the the delusional assumption, that they were taking place in times that were more progressive than they actually were. Because you know, we may say today, "Oh yeah, no, you can you can be visibly trans and visibly queer, especially in media. You can have you know." But like again, people do not understand how uh, ridiculously conservative uh, uh, Hollywood is and how. Uh, fucking regressive it is there is still so many people have to hide their true gender and sexuality even in the industry uh, and also it's worth noting that it, I, I find it inter- you know with all of, like the anti-lgbt laws that are passing and the the visceral response mm-hmm. to bud light and and stuff like that like corporations <laughs> yeah. this pride month like have not oh, been yeah. nearly as woke brand mode which i mean like which is like <laughs> no surprise to any of us who know what who knows what's up yeah like uh, but like it, it's not too much of a surprise but i do find it interesting and by the way uh i hate woke brands like i i i hate it so much like like i, I don't need uh, rainbow oreos or, or like or you know m&ms while they're doing like child child labor overseas you know what i mean like uh <laughs> like I, I i don't i don't i don't need to be like lectured about feminism and and, and gay rights by by people that like profit off of like slave labor <laughs> you know what i mean like uh yeah i i don't need to be pandered to no i don't need to be pandered to and, and i think that that the, it makes it it really makes it disgusting but representation you know in support from these companies it, it shows where they kind of where they're it doesn't really show where the sensibilities lie. It shows where they they want it. They want the image of it to lie. But now they're realizing it shows whose money they're wanting to go after. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, and, and, and like what market they're kind of going for, you know, and because that is always what it is. Uh, any queer trans person who thinks that uh, any corporation whatsoever, especially the ones who make uh, our media and entertainment, thinks that who thinks that they care about us and who we are and our culture and our community, they don't. They don't give well, a that, that's shit a problem, about that's us. Well, that's a problem I have with, like, these two documentaries, though, is the fact that they just kind of, like, make the assumption that, like, Hollywood is, is its own savior. Yeah. You know? And that, that we just need to, you know, rethink how we, th- you know, how we currently think. And, yeah, that can help, you know? And I think it's ultimately better for us to have more positive representation. But the system is the problem. The system is the problem. And... Uh, something my my favorite part of the cellulite closet was um it was towards the end when uh, I think it was Susan Sarandon it was either Susan Sarandon or Whoopi Goldberg I think it was Susan Sarandon this would be a really embarrassing mistake to make if it wasn't but either way she said um like straight up point blank that Hollywood is always regressive they're behind the times audiences know what they want to see they want to see these things and 
Hollywood is always the last ones to the party. They're always the last ones to the party, which is which which is interesting. Uh, which is why you have kind of like a little bit of um, these films. They they think that they're living in more progressive times, but it's like, uh, we need something. We we need to stop ending films with hope. <laughs> we really do. Yeah. We need to be more more critical of the actual systems that kind of like put it into place, which these films aren't. And, and that's, that's my main issue with them. But I think they also want to, they, they want to resist pity because, because that's kind of like, that's the thing because, because, you know, disclosure really, uh, showed how much like, you know, trans people die on screen. Mm-hmm. So the closet did the same thing. It was almost something like really gross and cynical about kind of like straight people just like using, gay people as kind of like a source of pity like that's their lot in life they're destined yeah. to be hate crimes and yeah and, and and honestly i do think that these films kind of put into perspective like why so many people are critical of like queer tragedy I, it, they do yeah but i think the, the problem isn't queer tragedy in itself but the problem's more so in lies within who's telling these stories yeah exactly um i feel like we talked about queer tragedy quite a bit like in the last episode uh, although <laughs> yeah. I, did, I did kind of find it gross that they were saying that cruising by william friedkin was like uh is is a source of like why somebody's homophobic no it's not <laughs> yeah no it, like that guy was homophobic films always they reflect they reflect what's already there it's a stretch to say that like cruising is what led on but it frames cruising as, as this evil movie um it's great yeah <laughs> i love i love cruising Disclosure surprisingly did mention women in revolt and uh, trash. I, I I'm surprised by that. Yeah, I I deeply appreciated that. Yeah, I appreciated that. But but other than that, you know, like disclosure made no reference to funeral prayer roses. It's very well known by that point. Give me a break. Um, yeah, they you know slaughter closet acts like Philadelphia is the ultimate kind of like hey we're at a new point. We're, that's something we're at that a- really frustrated me because that's kind of like the note they kind of ended the film on was talking about philadelphia like it was this like it was this grand step they had tom hanks providing a lot of commentary on it. it's like i don't they found the care. one they found the one actor that isn't gay <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> uh, following the kind of like the, the mindset of like you know we need to stop like making gay people into like sources of pity you know but also it's like we need to stop making them into monsters and, and that's kind of like an argument that, that it makes, but it's like, yeah, monsters are cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and also in, in a sense, we are, we do threaten the power structures of power. We threaten, uh, gender hegemony. We, our very existence is rebellion and revolt. People, people don't like uh, to admit this and, and, and people don't like to agree with this, but I honestly view horror as a very, uh, I wouldn't say conserv- reactionary is the good word. It's a really reactionary genre. Yeah. Because basically it's like, what is the, what is like the source of fear? It's the other, whether it's a supernatural force. Yeah. Culture we don't understand. Um, and at the end, if there's a happy ending, they return to normalcy order, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And, uh, and, 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 and so I think that like the thing that the outliers is like, you know, vampires being gay. Yeah. It tracks. <laughs> um, yeah, it tracks. <laughs> yeah, um, it always always been like like Bram Stoker was Bram Stoker himself was gay. Yeah, because <laughs> society doesn't care about us. You know, like think about like during the they time don't. of AIDS. Yep. 
the very real transgenocide that's kind of like uh that's still that's happening like right now uh and and the whole um, saving the children in the name of saving the children we need (laughs) we need to protect the children even though the children are (laughs) what they don't seem to realize is that the children children are are queer (laughs) yeah they, they they are the they are the queer and the trans ones like um but but yeah and and this just uh you know genocide through negligence i've been i've been reminded lately uh of covid and it the the ongoingness of that and how it is is comparable uh comparable to to aids and and just like that 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 sort of genocide through negligence of marginalized um people yeah and i I feel like conservatives they kind of go through like strides of like what minority group they hate the most at a given like presidency and right now i think transness is probably going to be the target for a little bit but you know they're going to go back to mexicans black people (laughs) like it's like and and i I don't like to have like hope for them to change targets because then some other community is going to be affected the the, the problem is them not, not not the communities, and, but but the and, the and, and of the and of the next communities that get targeted, the ones who will suffer the most will be the trans and trans and queer members of said community. It's like we are, and it's, it's like the, the, the what you're saying about homophobia has is not gone away. It's just it's just shifted and 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 changed. Uh, it's 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 donned a new mask. It's like yeah, we are always the ones who have suffered the most um right and, and and i don't think we need to like like bend over and to, to let us be kind of like oh please take us as we are we'll be quiet we'll we'll, we'll, we'll like we'll like we'll like appease your homophobia no yeah like yeah we're 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 monsters trying to trying to destroy the the the, the he- traditional hegemonic nuclear family fuck yes we are yeah, because... I, I asked you. I asked you yesterday uh, how exactly you, you define like respectability, like politics. Yeah, and b- basically, basically, like meaning like appeasing bigoted authority, you know, like compromising our rhetoric, you know. Yeah. So so that bigots to you know meet halfway to kind of like oh we just need to we just need to be careful with how we talk about things uh, because like because homophobes. You know, we we don't want to feel. No, no, no. They're going to hate us no matter what we do, and uh, or tolerance. You know, tolerate us, but tolerance is not acceptance. Tolerance is we wish that you were a bit different and know your place because otherwise we're going to show you your place. And no, yeah, I I I say this in my uh, sod video that I'm going to be releasing soon. Uh, I said that tolerance is publicly smiling at someone you privately wish hell upon um yeah and then they're like okay well you know i won't judge you but god will (laughs) yeah and and it's and it's like jesus jesus just 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 call me a slur or something like like like, please just just show me (laughs) show me your true colors the benefit of being transgressive and of of pushing the fold is putting things out into the world that are challenging we push as far as we possibly can and people will see these things they will be shocked by them they will be disturbed they will be but that's just it everyone is 
everyone is capable of handling so much more than their sensibilities think think transgressive stuff is 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 traumatizing it, it it can be like traumatizing to see these things but but every every bit every little bit we push the fold every little bit we we shock people it it's we they get used to it they get used to more and more and more of it we if we 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 push the fold we we transgress norms and 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 what have you we we create these really just a fucking appalling uh, works of art that that disturb and upset people. They they uh, upset grandma and you know ugh, make her make her make her faint with shock. But the younger you know the younger generations, the ones who are you know actually gonna be around uh, <laughs> in, in in the future, are it, things become become normalized. And that's that's why I say we always need to be pushing to be as transgressive as we can because these these milquetoast representations of queerness and transness in modern hollywood is it's not enough that's stuff that the mainstream audiences like cis cis audiences are comfortable with i don't want i i don't care about about that shit i don't want right. them to be comfortable i want them to be uncomfortable because they need to get used to it <laughs> right and, and and that's kind of the thing. But then, like on on the flip side, you know, we have like mainstream like cinema, right, or in television yeah. for that matter, media that kind of like exists as it is. We should want like more positive representations and stuff like in in like the media. Yeah. But the thing is, the problem is the media. The problem is mm-hmm. the system. Yeah. You know? Um. But yeah, like any systems of power, you know, whether that's like social power or like literal political power you know um every like system of power every organization like like it, it can benefit from diversity it can mm-hmm. but the problem is still the system you know like i yeah went through uh tsa uh on, on my trip back to kansas uh like just a few days back and i was and i was thinking about this like well while i was waiting for my plan to arrive it, it was that like the tsa agent that pat me down was uh was was transgender and, and and i was thinking like oh that's kind of cool yeah it was but also not yeah when you told me that i was i was i was, I was like shit that's wild like i got pat down once like as a guy but as yeah. but now as a trans girl for some reason that detector always goes off i don't know what it is Do you know why why do you know why i because it's it's calibrated so the the person who you know presses the button and runs the scan does it by gender uh literally it's it's if they see what they what they perceive as a a, a man come into it they press the they press the guy button and vice versa for women so when trans women come through it it's they they hit they hit the the girl button and it's always because i i always i always look at the the when the machine goes off because it always does um i look at the thing and it's the the areas in question the the yellow yellow squares right down there they're the machine uh yeah it's it's fucked up it's messed up and by the way just so everybody that listening knows this um legally tsa is supposed to you know, by their by their guidelines, I've looked it up. Are supposed to res- respect by whatever gender you're presenting as, whatever they they perceive you to be. So if you dress like a girl, it should be a girl that pats you down, or, or you know, a woman that pats you down. If, if you uh-huh. know, sometimes they may ask. They've asked me sometimes, and, and that's fair because I can go androgynous mode. So basically, like, know that a man doesn't have to be the one to pat you down. 
that said, I've been <laughs> molested by a uh, a uh, um, TSA agent that was female, yeah. and I know, and and I say like that because like I've been pat down before, you know, you mm-hmm. know, like once as a guy, but then also like I've been pat down since then, and it's like it's it's a little bit violating, but like not like how it was that one time um yeah but and so so i bring this back to like so the other day i was going through tsa a, a trans person's pat me down it was not violating at all mm-hmm. not really not more than i needed yeah. to be it was like oh interesting so like you know in some ways we do need like diversity in these kind of systems but the tsa is messed up you know for as much as i like get out i i take umbrage with the ending because i i, I just don't like that <laughs> that's that's my one complaint about about get out is the, the tsa is a like ice they should be abolished oh well yeah uh th- there's there's some systems that outright need to be abolished or, or like you know other things that need to be reformed tsa I, um so it's like you know these systems they, they can benefit from diversity and that includes like hollywood you know yeah police and things like that but like we should also question if we need all these systems to stick around for example like uh ice you know immigration and stuff that has only been around for like the last like decade or whatever that can go the last like two decades ice must be abolished yeah tsa must be abolished everything that every every uh agency or is institution that was created after 9-11 of course i also think the csi <laughs> the csi what the fuck the cia fbi i'm i mean i'm i'm kind of an extremist i think the the entire united states uh government should be prison should be industrial abolished, complex military industrial prison- complex Yep, all the all the industrial com- the enter including the entertainment industrial complex, which is uh is what I've come to call the uh like there's the anarchist in me is kind of going like yeah I agree <laughs> with you, but then there's also kind of the questions of practicality and what like that would actually look yeah. like. But it's like it's like how well will that work? But it doesn't work now. I'll tell you that much. It doesn't work now. Some things are designed not to work. You that's know? what we should. That's what we should be aiming for. Is and, and that, that, like I was saying about transgressiveness is. The ex- the extremists, because I, I I'll admit I am an extremist. That 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 is what I do. I I I, I carry I, I want carry things to their to their to their most extreme conclusion because I it, it's like shoot for the shoot for the moon even if you miss you land among the stars. Full f- aiming for full you know abolition of fucking everything. Uh, see means that a goalpost is set that even if. We can't get to it because we can't realistically get to it. Like, yeah, yes, yes, yes. But but that's where like the political nihilist in me kind of like questions like what this looks like in effect. But it's like at the same time, like if something happens, of course I'm gonna root for it. Yeah, (laughs) you know, um, and you know, even if it's on just some relative scale, you know, and and that's kind of like, but that's kind of the thing. And when it comes to like the government versus uh, Hollywood, um, I think. Hollywood and the entertainment industrial complex is a much more unstable, uh, abolishable uh, house of cards than the, you know, the, 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 the system of power that has the guns and shit. Um, Because Hollywood is like, again, the media determines how we feel about things. Media is what tells us how we think about the world. Media is what tells us it's what inculcates our desires, our ways of thinking. And, and all of that, and gutting Hollywood, uh, gutting Hollywood and this entertainment industrial complex, uh, as you know, capitalism and neoliberal capitalism has made it. Gutting that is 
I think, a first step or a, a, a principal step to uh, changing everything. Well, that's why I'm, like, pretty okay with, like, theaters dying. Uh, commercial theaters. Like, like, like yeah, there's going to be... I think theaters will always be yeah. around, like, movie theaters, but, oh, yeah, but no, like, we don't need, we don't need, like, you know... The big names, you know, we don't need like you know AMC, Cinemark, you know. Fuck Regal Cinemas, uh, all day, every day. <laughs> uh, I used to work at Regal, and I hate them. And you know what? Fuck it. I, uh, they're not ever gonna hire me again anyway. So yeah, I mean, and I admit that I'll, I'll still like go to these here and there, but it's just like, but you know, at the same time, you know, I buy off Amazon. I, I buy, uh, yeah. I, I, I buy, I buy like Mars candy sometimes. I buy, uh, we're all hypocrites. <laughs> I, I, I buy things, you know, there's I, no ethical consumption. You want certain standards of quality. So you get it from a certain like company or whatever, but then you also just have to question like the, the means of production. And then it's like, you know, is there ethical consumption under capitalism? And that's kind of like the, uh, the, the question. I don't feel like that's an excuse to, uh, I mean, I eat meat, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, and these are all things that like, I feel like in the future or even like sometime in the near, in, in the near future, little by little, I've been trying to kind of reduce that, you know? Yeah. But like, yeah, we, we don't need Every to be day. giving all these different things our money. We don't need to be signed up for all these streaming services and whatnot. Everyday life is incremental. Our ideals, our goals, our aspirations should not be. Mm-hmm. Piracy Basically. also like, I wish that would actually kind of, like, destroy, like, you know, the entertainment industrial complex more than it does. Really, all it does is they, they just want, ev- they just want to milk every little dollar. Um, yeah. Um, there's more conversations when it comes to, like, act- like actual independent films. Uh, but, but, like, but like when we're talking about, like, big movies or whatever, pirate it, torrent mm-hmm. it, you know, it, it's, it's not that hard. Just, like... Especially, uh, especially streaming exclusive things that do not have physical releases, um, because I guarantee it, they will be gone. They will wipe them, uh, those streaming services, Netflix will wipe that shit from the face of the earth. Torrenting and pirating that shit is, 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 is media preservation. And Uh, my my hot take is that in the 2020s, you can't really be a cinephile without torrenting. Yeah, no, I like that. Yep. <laughs> I think we're probably about done talking about, like, the film, more <laughs> yeah. or less. But, yeah, but like, just, you're okay, just going on This is a little bit of a preview. Uh, next time on the podcast, we're going to be discussing uh, Fight Club and The Matrix, both films released at the turn of the century uh, that are about um, kind of, like, the existential dread of the postmodern condition, living under capitalism. Um, and they're both gay and trans so um so that's on the agenda next and i'm pretty sure that most of you probably have watched those so we'll actually be telling you why your favorite movies are gay um (laughs) you know but of course like even those films you could argue that they're at least somewhat hypocritical because they are produced by you know fox and warner brothers um yeah but yeah but but we'll, we'll get into that next time so uh give those a rewatch why don't you you know um, yeah, if you haven't watched Fight Club in a while, you might be surprised at how fucking gay it is, because, oh <laughs> my god. Um, oh yeah. But, um, yeah, so, uh, give those a watch. Um, Subscribe to our channels, follow us on, you know, give us money on Patreon. Give us a lot of money, please, actually. More, um, more money we get. Like, listen, <laughs> I'm just gonna say this right now, like, like, when it comes to, like, when it comes to money, both of, this is true for both of us, we're good for a lot, and we do a lot of labor without actual, without actual pay. 
Um, yeah. You know, and it's self-imposed indeed, but like, like literally, if you have money and you like us, go to both of our Patreons, please. Just give <laughs> us what you can. Support trans people. We're, we're, we're and- trying to be a little bit, we're, we're not trying, we don't want to compromise values. We want to, you know, we want to challenge people and we want to kind of like talk about like, you know, lesser discussed things. You know, we don't need to just like talk about you know, children's films that appeal to our nostalgia ad nauseum, you know? And because, like, yeah, we're YouTubers also and, you know, podcasters, but um, we have spine. So give us money. <laughs> Bye. Goddamn. <laughs>